Hello, and welcome to the CDO Magazine interview series. I'm Diane Sossier, Financial Services Director at Pure Storage, and we're partnering with CDO Magazine, MIT CDO IQ, and the International Society of Chief Data Officers in a series of interviews. And today I have the pleasure of talking with Nate Murray, CDO of Fifth Third Bank. Thanks for joining us, Nate. Sure, happy to be here, thank you. I tend to think of the CDO as the de facto transformer in chief um, in the organization, responsible for driving growth, incorporating digital across the organization, and enabling new markets, new products, new buyers. How do you balance all those great positive efforts with the more defensive use cases that you have responsibility for, such as cybersecurity and regulatory compliance? Uh, so this is this is a one of the challenges of moving from an industrial company into a highly regulated financial institution. Um, and I'm only four years into the bank um, and it's been a, a learning curve for sure. So I, I would say simply just the right balance, um, the, the constant push and pull of offense and defensive. Um, honestly, you know, when you take a look at the outcomes um, from a, from a, a offensive or a defensive, you, you have different stakeholders, you have, you know, let's just take highly regulated. You've got the the Fed, um, you know, versus actual customers, right? Like completely different stakeholder groups. Your tech right. stack, right? So if you're talking about customers again, let's talk about your mobile phone and digital, right? Very different than the tech stack that you're producing your regulatory reports for, right? That's mm -hmm. likely batch related. It's monthly or quarterly, right? So you you have a very different frequency, real time streaming in the mobile app versus nightly batch or quarterly. Uh, or monthly report generation, right? Um, so you actually have completely different ment mentality of the folks who work within those teams as well, um, just based on the tech stack and the outcomes. And um, and and frankly, I, I think you know, as a CDO, you kind of have to sit in both camps. Um, right. So that that kind of harkens back to the need to create an organizational model that allows you to do both very successfully. Um, and so. You know, I, I believe uh, in Agile. Um, that Agile doesn't solve all the problems, but we we have squads that work in some areas and, and squads that work in others. And we group those squads by what's called tribes. And so what we've done is we essentially have two tribes that are regulatory facing and two tribes that I'll call it like uh, innovation or return on investment or digital facing, right? Offensive facing. And that allows us to bifurcate the organization and still stay really focused on the tech mm -hmm. stacks, the outcomes and the stakeholders to make sure that they get what they need and still be able to do both of those things simultaneously. So you're never giving one over the other because both are very, very important. Obviously, um, uh, you know, with the CDO sitting in the middle of that and data connecting all those things, um, it can get challenging, but that, but that organizational model has done really well for us for the last few years. So that's how we Okay, do. that's fantastic. And, and it sounds like a, an interesting challenge. Um, so do you see your role as CDO as sort of the coach in the room that creates or leads the data culture in your organization? And if so, how do you make that happen? Uh, I, you know, like the first question, the second question, it, it kind of seeds that the CDO is the center of the universe. Um, I, I don't know that I'm uh, the center of the universe in either of these uh, questions. Um, I, I definitely think I'm a transformation agent and a modernization agent. Um, but I personally think that it's more about um, building the culture that embeds data um, as the way we do our day-to-day -day jobs. So that way mm -hmm. it's not like, oh, let me go do the data thing. It's actually, no, like every day we're working with data, you know, in, in different ways. We have to manage data. We have to get business value from data. We need to make sure that we secure the data. All of those things, um, you know, are constantly circling around data. 
And so for me, in order to, you know, obviously be the seed that, you know, the, um, the data culture and the, the, you know, as Gartner calls it, data literacy increases over right. time. It's really about being a talent export function. Okay. Instead of being like a center of gravity where I'm tractor beaming everybody who knows about data into my organization, it's actually right. just the opposite. And what I believe is if you bring folks into the organization, you teach them um, the strategies and the frameworks um, and, and, and frankly, the, the direction, and then you roll them back out into the lines of business or into the CIO groups instead of within the CDO, um, you'll actually have a lot more success because you'll achieve scale that, frankly, my organization would never be able to achieve by a certain finite dollar or a certain number of headcount. You, right. You're exponential when you bring people in, teach them, and then put them back out where they were. And it becomes this kind of this, this scaling effect that um, really is about exporting talent. And, and that's where the last couple of years has been. We, we, uh, we built a strong foundation of where we're going, our technologies, our use cases, our, our critical outcomes. And then we taught a ton of people and we've put them right back out in the business. And now that stuff lives out there on its own. So I no longer have to be the center of all of that stuff. It sits everywhere. Right. And so I think that's been a really, really good mechanism to help, help it permeate uh, rather than me just constantly pushing a rope uphill. Sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to um, enable scale within the organization and buy-in probably as well. Um, so with the advent of cloud and the ever-increasing speed and variety and volume of data that's required for today's data-driven business, how do you enable self-service but still secure and compliant access to the data for your business users? Um, so look, I look at this question, it's not really a cloud question for me. This, this question is really about capabilities. Um, so can you tokenize data? Can you manage access to data? Can you move and interact and integrate with data? Those are capabilities that are core to any CDO office, right? Um, and so they really just need to exist agnostic of whether you're talking about cloud, whether you're talking about on-premise, whether it's a hosted platform as a service or a SaaS-based solution, you need to be able to do all those things no matter where the data is. Mm -hmm. um, and so that way, when you focus on capabilities, if you, know, if you have a, a tokenization solution, it should work regardless of the landing zone, right? So, I mean, you, you asked about cloud and I'm kind of, I'm kind of zooming us out a little bit. Um, and, and it's really to say, you know, the capability gaps is, is really where you need to spend your cycles and just making sure that Whatever industry you're, you operate in, obviously I'm in the finance industry and there's tighter regulations and requirements around all that type of stuff than there is in other industries. But um, you know, the ability to do whatever is necessary, and again, that's from a security, from an, you know, from an access, from an integration, from a data movement and visualization, all those analytics and right. you know, model building and all those types of things. If you can do all those things from a capability perspective, then it's about wrapping those capabilities so that they're not like really techie. It shouldn't be like you need a specialized developer to tokenize data. It's probably really hard, but the end user doesn't need to know that. So you really wrap a lot of those capabilities within a simple UI that's probably repeatable, automated, reusable in the background that doesn't feel that way to the end user. And right. so that way, not only can you lower the bar to entry, but you also drive self-service so that I'm no longer that bottleneck for the organization that wants to move a ton of data or wants to get access to something that all of that stuff has been, you've wrapped your capabilities in these kind of non-techie um, kind of UI or UXs that allows people to do what they need. 
And I think that, again, that's a journey. I don't want to paint a picture like, oh yeah, everything's automated and, and things like that. But that's really the mentality that we're approaching it. And so we're just yeah. driving through our, our biggest and most prioritized use cases to drive self-service that way. Uh, the, the less tech you can make it, the more chance you have a success because you don't need right. three people who can click the actual buttons. You'd rather automate that process and then just have a front end to it so that anybody can do it. Sure. Then those resources can be busy on other more interesting things. Yep, so. you got it. So thank you so much, Nate Murray, for joining me today. Please visit cdomagazine.tech for additional interviews. It was great talking to you today. Thanks. Thanks, Dan. Have a good day.